Hey, fellow streakers, we're excited to talk with you today. In fact, we're going to talk with you about the value of a mother. It relates to an experience that Jamie had on a field trip that she'll share with you. Also, we're going to get into planning and streaking and how those two things get together. Jamie has been taking Megan Sumrall's top class, and she has quite the insight. So let's get streaking. Yes, let's get started. Hi, Jamie. Good morning. How are you? So good. Really so yeah, good. So good to be talking with you and to be looking at you. I mean, you're just a beautiful woman. So how could I not be feeling awesome Thank you. all put, the time? I put makeup on this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's not the deter- determining value. It's how we feel inside. It's how we feel inside. How I feel about myself. Yeah. And how do you feel about yourself? Good today. It was. It's been. I okay. So, you had quite an experience. You gonna go with the field trip first, or you gonna go with Megan first. Summerall first? We're gonna go with the field trip first. Because I thought this was a really good experience that you had. It so, was. so you got to bring everyone into it as far as where, <laughs> what, what was it that you were feeling? I'm gonna take you on a little journey. A with little me. journey from when this you were a, a, from when you were a new mom to you're now an experienced this is a, mom. This is a Jamie mom moment. Yeah. So yesterday, I went on a field trip with Chance, our youngest, who is the youngest of seven. Yeah. So just a little perspective, our oldest is 27 and Chance is 10. And so we, um, we so I signed, I was very excited because we haven't, I haven't had a chance to go on a field trip with him yet, mostly probably because of COVID. He, I don't think he's been on a field trip because it didn't work out. I can't remember one that he's been on. I don't on. know if he's been on one. Right. And so he was really excited. I was really excited that I got to go with him. And so I, and and he came in in the morning. And this all ties in together because I've been taking Megan Summerall's classes. And she has a class called Master Your Morning. And so I've been working through that class. So I have a me morning routine that I've been doing. And yesterday I was doing it. And part of that routine part of that routine is and i'll just because these stories kind of intertwine megan's the the big aha moment for me when i was listening to megan teach me about mastering my morning was that she talked about that a morning routine is about what fills me up not about what i need to get done not necessarily a to-do list and so i've been trying to set time aside specifically in the morning to do these things that fill me up so I was doing that yesterday and Chance comes into my room pretty early and he's dressed and ready to go and has his shoes on and I'm laying in bed doing my me morning routine, the stuff that fills me up that I, you know, I don't need to be ready for everyone else yet. I'm doing my stuff. And he walks in and he gives me this look and I'm like, hi, Chance. Good morning. Come, come lay down by me. So he has to take his shoes off because he is ready to go. He's so like, he, I am set. He takes his shoes off and he comes and he snuggles by me in the bed. And I look down at him. I'm like, you excited for the field trip? And he's like, yeah. And then I clue in what's going on here. And I'm like, are you nervous that I'm going to be late to your field trip? Because I'm chaperoning. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to call it mom. <laughs> I'm going to be direct with you. I'm going to share with you exactly my feelings. And I, yes, and you I go, are going to be late. For reals? And he goes, well... To be honest, okay, remember he's 10. Well, to be honest, mom, you don't have a real good track record when it comes to these things. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, fine. I said, so I pull out my 
um, schedule for the morning because then before I had gone to bed, I was legitimately concerned about the same thing. And I wanted to make sure that I was able to do these things, these me things, even with a different schedule when I needed to be out the door a little bit earlier than what my normal schedule was. So I had gone down and made a list of what I needed to do and what time I needed to be done with it by so that I would be on time. Mm -hmm. So I pull that out and show chance. And he's like, oh, you made a list, huh? Like, yep, I've got a list. I've got a schedule. I know exactly what I need to do, and I'm doing it right now. So anyway, that was the start of the field trip. So I, he goes to school. I go shortly after him. I pull up to the school. And as I'm parking, I'm feeling really good because I'm on time. I'm there before everyone's dropping everyone off at school, so I was able to get a parking spot. Can I add a little color here? Yes. I'm one dressed. Of the, one, of the, one of the things with Jamie is... Through her life, and she won't mind me saying this, but through her life, you have to know this little color about her. She believed that being on time, or no, 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 being early was wasting time. Because that was 10 minutes that you could have been doing something. And so rather than be early, you would be late. 10 minutes late. 10 minutes late, but you felt like I didn't waste time because I was, I, I took that 10 minutes that I it would have been early and I was getting stuff done. <laughs> but then on the same note, you felt badly because you would be late to places. I was late. And, and... So, and so it's an interesting dichotomy. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but that was one of the things that you fought quite a bit. Well, and the reason we even know that is because we had so many discussions and times that were difficult for the family when they're like, we said what time we needed to be here. I communicated it clearly. You agreed to you it. Agreed you agreed to said it. You, you knew said and understood. you and we're still... 10 minutes late. So that was, so that, what you just said was years of therapy but with it, Jeff and Jamie talking about why but it really, okay But it really is late. interesting to think about that the reason you, you didn't want to be early is because you saw it as a waste of time. I did. I'm like, if I'm early and I'm just sitting there waiting for it to start, I'm thinking of all the things that I could have been getting done at home or that I could have finished up real quick. And here I'm just sitting. Whereas when you're late, it's already going. And so you may feel badly that you're late. However, you used whatever that 10 minutes of time. And so it's it's really a different kind of thought. But it has changed because I did realize that I'm like, I also added this element of stress to my life and pressure on other people when I was late. So I, I have worked diligently to recognize, look, it is really calming and peaceful and there's a lot... And, and I can be more present when I'm a few minutes early. And that's, you even, you even struggle in saying that, a, a few minutes So I have early. to tell you what happened yesterday. Okay, so I go to the field trip. I love it. And I'm she's sitting, great at it now. She's fantastic. I've parked the car and I'm sitting in front of the elementary school. And I see these other moms walk in. And instantly I'm like, hmm, I missed something. And it occurs to me, one, I didn't really pay attention to where the field trip is. I was just excited that I was on time and I'd signed up and I was going to be a chaperone. I'd paid. I was excited that I'd remember to pay for all these little things that you have to do. I'd filled out the background check that the school required. And so I, I, I'm watching these moms walk in and I'm like, huh, they have backpacks and they're in jeans and tennis shoes and they have jackets. And I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I'm in sandals with my short sleeve shirt <laughs> And my, purse. and my purse. I don't have a backpack. I don't have. It's and a Georgia it moment because in Georgia, that would have been just fine. In fact, been fine. you probably would have been overdressed. You probably would have been a little bit warm in that. 
But now, but now in Colorado, it suddenly, it's a different it's moment. A different, it occurs to me that I'm like, this is an outdoor field trip. I am not prepared for an outdoor field trip. So I call Lily. Lily, can you do me a huge favor? Can you bring me a jacket? Mom, I'm already gone. I can't do that for you. And I'm like, okay. This is it. And so I had a moment where I had to decide, do I go in and be on time and just take it like a woman? Check the lost and found. <laughs> or do I go back home really quick? Is there a I little should've. kid's coat that I could borrow? I need... I'll bring it back. <laughs> so I decided to woman up and just be on time and go in there and do my thing. And so throughout this field trip, as we get going, so I borrowed Chance's backpack and stuck my purse in it and my lunch. I'd packed my lunch. See, all these things that I remembered to do. You did phenomenally well. And, and I'm like, I'm just going to, it'll be fine. It'll be warm. It'll be fine. I'll just suffer through. It'll be good. And so we go on this field trip. And the, the minute that we pull into where we're going, I suddenly realize, I'm like, I've been here before. Like, 15 or 16 years ago <laughs> with another child. So if you're new to the podcast, because we get new listeners all the time, you should know that we have seven children, four of which are out of the house, three that are still in the house. And the the top four are what, how old is Megan? 27? 27. Now, yeah, 27 so. and all the way down to a 10-year-old. So yes. we've got quite the range of, of kids. So you recognized right at this moment. I've brought another child to this exact same field trip. And it was just this this moment of, wow, I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> and then in conjunction with watching all these other moms who had brought, first of all, they had brought jackets because they knew we were going to be outside. They were wearing tennis shoes, not sandals. They had full backpacks with wet wipes because we were on a farm with lots of dust with fourth graders. They had brought extra water. They had a little first aid kit with band-aids. They had snacks. <laughs> they had all the things. And, and I suddenly... And here's mom, here's Jamie, the cosmopolitan mom with her little cute, you know, leather backpack and... But I'm sandals. not a cosmopolitan mom. I'm just out of the mom. I suddenly realized I'm like, I'm a little out of the the, the young mom mo yeah. mode. And so, so right there is a little off my game of being able to work with the fact that I've been doing this for a long time and I am older, that I am an older person with a lot of younger moms now. And where it's so, your where it's your seventh, it's a lot of their firsts or seconds. Everyone I talked to that it, it was their oldest and okay. here I am with my and not just the youngest by a little bit, but the youngest by quite a bit. Like seventeen years between my oldest and youngest. Yeah. And so that's a pretty big gap. Oh yeah. So it was an interesting phenomenon kind of to be there with chance and have all these memories of being there with to be honest i don't remember which child it was it was either rose or natalia and i had to text them both i'm like which one of you remembers this field trip because i know i've gone with you but but being a younger mom and and now being a much older mom and still doing the the same field trip was an interesting dichotomy i yeah. guess mm -hmm. so anyway Getting to the point of where we were getting to, as we're sitting down, is so it ended up being really beautiful for the first half hour of the field trip. And then it did a Colorado moment and the temperature plummeted and the wind just picked up like crazy. And so it was blowing dust in all of us. It ended up that it was rather 
not as much fun at miserable. the end. It was rather miserable at the end. It was very pioneer-esque, which is what we were studying. Yeah. And so we sit down to have lunch, and I'm sitting by an, another mom, and and she asks, she's, of course, you start talking about your kids, and through the course of the conversation, it comes out that her fourth grader is her oldest, and my fourth grader is my youngest, my youngest. of seven, which is always a little bit of a shocker for people. And and but it instead, it's a shocker because you look so great. That's yeah, what that's, it is. That's what no, it is. Okay, no, see, you have to believe me at this moment. She always doesn't believe me, but honestly, thank you. People look at you and they think you really have seven children. Those children all came out of you. They did all. Come it's out not of a blended family. Yes, it all is. questions it that is I you. get asked often. Right, exactly. And and so and but at this time through this whole thing, I was dealing a little bit with my own emotions of being okay with where I am and and and. And just the, all of the, the the memories and this nostalgia and getting older and all that's going with that. And so we sit down and talk and this mom, who's super sweet, starts telling me how, um, well, she asked me, first of all, if I had worked outside of the home. And I said, no, I've I've done this the whole time. And because I've always considered myself kind of a professional mom. Not, Not very many people have seven children and right. work outside of the home. It's it's the profession I chose to have. That right. was, that was exactly. it. Exactly. And so she was in the middle of transitioning from working 20 years at a job that she had loved. Uh-huh. And then COVID hit and changes happened in her job. And it ended up being put, she ended up being put in a position that um, was not something that she enjoyed anymore. Yeah. And her husband ended up getting offered a different position. And anyway, through a course of different things, she decided that she was able to quit um, where she was, that she wanted to quit and, and go home. But she was really struggling with that transition. And and she said, here's the thing that's hard. Is she said, I'm having a hard time finding where my value is as a mom. Is it really in laundry and doing dishes? Wow. Like is that is that where my value is? And you've battled with this before. I think we all do as as moms. Because and it's it's I think it's something that we battle all the time, whether you are working or not working, because you're always torn a little bit. There's always something of when you're working, I think you're thinking of all the things that you could be doing at home, but also all the things that you need to be doing at work. And there's just this, you're, you're, because that was one thing that she said is she goes, I look back to the years that I worked and she goes, I honestly don't know how I did it. Like, how did I, how did I do it? All the stuff that I'm doing does take a big chunk of time, and I'm busy all the time. Right? How did I do it before when I was working? Yeah. And and so as I've thought so much about that question of where is where do I find my value as a mom? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'll be able to put it into words, except that the value that I see that we get as a mom, because it is different in in the sense that. There's no monetary value placed on being a mom. You're never going to get an outside paycheck, <laughs> for, which has its blessings and its curse. There's right. nobody deciding what monetary value that is. But there's also no one saying it's worth money. Right. It's an interesting um, place to be. And so, so that happens. And then oftentimes, you don't have very many people telling you how great of a mom you are. And so I was thinking about this experience that I had several lots of years ago when I was a new mom and I'd had a really I'd, I'd had a really busy day I had three um, young children and, and one of them was kind of a newer one um, and I'd been shopping uh-huh 
And when you're shopping with three young children and one of them new, it is crazy. It's just the fact that you can shop is an act of God that makes it even possible. Right. And so I had gone to Target and then I'd gone home. And when I got home, I realized I didn't have my credit card with me. And I'd gone to a couple different places, but I didn't know I didn't know where I had left my credit card. And that's that sinking feeling like, oh my goodness, what have I done? Yeah. I was able to call all of them, find out where my credit card was, go back to Target. So now it's the end it's the end of the day. I'm on this time crunch because I wasn't expecting now to have to go back and get Did you mention you were pregnant at the time or were you I thought I had a newborn. You had I, a newborn, had that's a newborn. right. That's right. So it was right after it, it was it was I don't think it was quite newborn though. I think I, I mean, still in the car seat in the sense of the cradle car seat, but yeah. not like... Not totally new, new Not boy. totally new, no. new. But like still adjusting. Months. Right. Still adjusting to having three. Right. And so I get to Target and I'm on this time crunch and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to run in really quick and get my credit card because I know they have it. I called them. They've got it for me. So I leave the kids in the car. I mm-hmm. lock the door. The oldest one is... Let's see here. She's probably five. Right. Because um, it was Natalia that was in the car, right? Mm-hmm. Well, all well, three of them the were in the car. Right, yeah. but the baby would have been Natalia. Yeah. So Megan would have been five, three, and newborn, and three or four months. Yeah, yeah. And and so um, and maybe the ages. Anyway, the, the ages doesn't matter. That's how young they were. <laughs> yes. And in young. my mind, I'm thinking, okay, they'll be okay. I'll run in really quick. I grab my credit card. I come back out. And when I come back out, there is a woman waiting next to my car, and she's in her car, and she's blocking my car and she looks at me and she goes is this your car and I go yeah and I'm taken off guard again because remember I've had this day and she goes are your children in that car and I'm like yeah I just ran in real quick and she goes I can't believe you would leave your children in the car what kind of mother leaves her children unattended in the car and then she looks at me and she goes you are such an a-hole and then she got in her she looked she put her car in drive and she drove off and wow. I just sat there. And started to cry. Oh, my goodness. I cried for three days. <laughs> you had, you and, cried for three days. And how, I look at it and, and so... How many... What what comebacks have you thought about since that time? What are some of the things that you thought about? Because you were taken so off guard. So off guard. What and immediately... Was, I mean, it was one of those moments where I'm like, of course I thought that it wasn't the best thing to leave them in the car. But I also was like, I'm going to schlep them all back into Target Schlep them all back out. It's going to take me 45 minutes to get in, to get the card, to get back out. And Megan's old enough. All this the, all this analysis that I literally went through before I did it. And um, the thing that I wished I had done, as I've thought about this over the years, because I have thought about this I'm I know you have. <laughs> is I wished I had just sat there and looked at her and said, thank you so much for caring about my kids and waiting here until I could come back out. That was really, that really, that helped, was really me helped me out. Thank you. Because it's been a rough day. Mm-hmm. And had I done that, I think it totally would have diffused the situation. Yeah. However, that's not what happened. I thought of, for I spent literally weeks thinking of terrible things I could say to her. I spent other <laughs> weeks defending everything that I do as a mom. Everything. Like that, those words came to me for the next several weeks for everything I was doing as a mom. Yeah. And, and so transitioning into how do we find value as a mom Mm -hmm. so the first thing is that we're we are there taking care of these little people right right but at the same time trying to manage all of the things that you're doing at home right and so i don't have really great words for how do i find my value as a mom i have snapshots of moments that to me 
were valuable as a mom. And those snapshots are being able to lay down at nap time with my kids and read books to them. Yeah. Just being able to spend time with them, being able to um, make cookies together and the funny things that they do and enjoying cookie dough afterwards. Yeah. Uh, Being able to talk about different things as we're folding laundry or as we're doing dishes, the joy that they get from putting lots and lots of bubbles in the sink, um, from the total mess that they make on the floor when they wash them, clear up to when they're teenagers and you have deep, deep conversations while you're doing dishes together or while you're folding laundry together or even conversations where I've had to talk about why is it important that you keep your room clean? Why does it show value when you pick your clothes up off the floor that we've spent a lot of money on or that we put a lot of time and energy into shopping for? Why is it important that we hang those up or all of those things centered around dishes and laundry. It's like the value is in the time that you've got to spend with them and seeing them as people and talking about the things that are important to you and that you've learned over your life while being able to re-experience the things that they're experiencing for the first time and, and looking at it and being like, you're right. Soap bubbles are cool. And wow, who would have thought that if you take dish soap and pour it on a trampoline and put a hose on it, it changes the whole trampoline experience. Things that my kids have done that at the time I was like, what are you doing? Um, But that have become fond memories of cherished times where we learned things together. So what is the value of being a mom? It's those moments. And the thing that's the biggest challenge about it is that oftentimes we don't always recognize those moments in the moment. It's not until later that you come back and see all the little drops that have added up to this beautiful experience where you got to be a part of it. That was my, that's what I wished I had said to the lady at the field trip. What I did say say is, yeah, it's really hard, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So here's here's just a little, um, this is from salary.com. Mom's salary value reaches 184000 as pandemic workload skyrockets, according to a salary.com survey of 19,000 mothers. So here's a little interesting note for you. So um, the rigor of a state, and this is from the article itself, the rigor of a stay-at-home mother's job came into sharp focus during the pandemic with median time worked reaching 106 hours per week and a fair market salary equivalent of $184,820, according to new data from salary.com. The compensation solution provider of the trusted data and intuitive software needed to get pay right. Salary.com surveyed over 19,000 mothers since the start of the pandemic. The most time-consuming and expanded roles were chief financial officer and chief operating officer, uh, the role that makes sure that everyone else is following the plan, (laughs) which more than doubled the account for the 20-plus hours per week. We saw, this quote, that mothers spent considerable time managing financial concerns and organizing the schooling of their family during the height of the pandemic, said Lena Turner, Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for Salary.com. Other notable findings include 
The pre-pandemic median annual Saturday salary woo, for stay-at-home moms, I'll get there, was 178201 and hours worked per week was 96.5 hours in 2019. The median hours worked for the past decade pre-pandemic was 96 hours per week. In the past year, the 75th percentile of mothers reported working an astonishing 117 hours per week. Working moms reported spending 54 hours per week on managing on the home front, in addition to the hours for their regular employment, for a total of 107 hours split between work and home roles. The data is not adjusted for nor fully reflects the hazard pay for the increased <laughs> intensity of the work that parents have reported in the past year, which would typically be worth a premium of around 10%. No wonder we're so tired. <laughs> That's often exactly of the time. Right. 106 hours per week. Yes. So how fun that someone came and looked at that and said, all right, let's let's put let's a value on what this. What do. would this be? And I, whether, whether you be working for another employee and working at home, working full-time at home. I mean, whichever it is, you just look at this and say, there is a lot of work that's going on. And the value that a mother brings to her children is unequaled in any profession. I'll just say that, state it categorically. It is unequaled because when you were describing the small moments, the moments where you're discovering soap bubbles for the first time again, mm -hmm. and all of the different areas is there is a connection there where you are doing something which is building their confidence. One of the other articles that I read about this was that you are a world builder and a world changer as a mother. The mother is the one that connects with her children in a significant way to be able to help them see what they can do to change the world. Mm -hmm. And I look at our own children. I mean, you have done a phenomenal job at helping our oldest child who is striving to be a lawyer right now, her and her husband in a law school, our second oldest child who wants to change the world through art, our third who is gallivanting around, I shouldn't say gallivanting, She's she Traveling. does travel the world and her and her husband look at the world as a place where we want to contribute through teaching uh, and through making a difference in that way. And then, and continuing forward, you've got, you know, our first son who is striving diligently to want to be a leader and who called you yesterday wanting advice from a mom, from what it is from your perspective. And then Lily in dance and then Bowen in chance. I mean, all of these things, and I point out what you're doing because I know you intimately, but I also look at all other mothers that are providing that type of feedback confidence for their children, it is priceless. It is something that you really cannot imitate. And that's why it's so significant that that mother, whoever she was on the field trip, know that the value that you are providing is beyond what any paycheck will give you or what any job will give you, even though I know it's nice to get those things. It is absolutely nice to get right. those things. And if you're working and being mom, great. You can get you can get those. The mom portion of it is sometimes a longer term payoff. Yeah, definitely the longer term payoff. You are in it for the long game. <laughs> you're not there isn't the opportunity to go through the performance review at, at the end of age four and be like, you know what? You've done a really good job these first four years with your kids. We're gonna give you a raise. Um, little bit added, you know, responsibility, but hey, you're doing great. No, you don't, you don't get that. You get nothing. <laughs> nothing on that. Uh-uh. Nothing on that. 
interestingly though, and this is where I wanted to tie back back to Megan, what you mentioned at the beginning, Megan Sumrell. Because Megan was in the workforce for quite some time. And, and if you want to listen to the podcast that we had for her, it's absolutely insightful. Megan so beautifully articulates what it was that she went through from being in the corporate world to transitioning to being a mom and what that was. And in her experience, she recognized that most planning that was done in the work world and in the world in general was contrived by a man mm -hmm. and that our brains work differently than a woman's brain. And that, I'm just going to say it just like that. My brain works differently than yours. We've had this quite a bit. I'm categorical. You have all things running together. And especially when you become a mom, that is something that very much happens when you become a mom because you can't be categorical. You can't be strictly categorical or you'll leave your child somewhere, <laughs> which I've also had experience. an experience where I was very, very focused on a project I was working on and I was on a time limit and I went in and and I did leave the child in the car, but I left the child in the car because I forgot that I had brought that child with me. Right. It was a very sobering moment and it was a time when I realized I cannot get so focused on anything else. My children always have to be a part you of where I am. You have to have the radar. I call it the always, mom radar. Yes. It's always checking where where, where is, are the kids? Where are they? Where are the kids? How's it going? And 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 so it's always in present. That regard, They're always there. Yes, in that regard, as a mom, I think as as women and as moms, that is part of our life, and that's what Megan recognizes. She's like, I need a plan that takes that truth into accountability. I need a way to be able to plan my life recognizing that I am a mom now. And that means that I need to always be kind of keeping track of where these kids are. But on the same note, I need to get things done. I need to be a person still. I need to have time yeah. to refuel. I need to be able to function. So what was it that it, so we, we interviewed Megan and we talked with her several times. We were on her podcast and talked about streaking and what it was that streaking can do for you. We had her on ours and she talked about planning and uh, and these two things, streaking and planning, they really do coincide. But what was it at first that attracted you? And you may have already said it, but just so we can articulate it correct, clearly, you were attracted to the way that she was presenting planning. What was it about it that attracted you to it? Exactly what I just said is that she looked it, at it from the lens of, I'm a mom. And so there are going to be things that I do differently as a mom. And I need to figure out how to, how to have time management and organization and be productive in the sphere of, I'm also a mom. And she was also starting a business and entrepreneur. And so looking at that and saying, I've got both of these things that I'm working on. How do I, how do I do what I need to do and and give credit to both of those things? Right. Not try to deny. Oh, okay, I just, or or one thing that I really appreciated is she didn't say, well, everyone, I'm I must be doing something wrong because the system says this should work and it doesn't work. And so instead of questioning herself, she questioned the system and right. deeply questioned the system and looked into it and and through research was like, okay, and was able to look at it and see, oh, there is a common thread here. All of these plans are made for people who are pretty much thinking about work and life, but not thinking about work, life, and being a mom. Yeah. And that's what really, so what I, what, where I was transitioning was on the opposite end of it, where I'd spent my whole life, career, so to speak, being a mom of a lot of children 
And that is now changing. I'm, I'm still a mom of a lot of children, but most of them aren't at home anymore. And, and so I was looking at and thinking there are certain skills and things that I had learned and developed as a mom of a lot of children that had served me very well as a mom with a lot of children at home, that now that I had less children at home, I was, they weren't serving me quite as well. Right. So for example, one of the things that I had learned to do was to be very fluid, that, that I had embraced being fluid. And, and as I had less children at home, I was like, I don't have to be so fluid. I can be a little bit more structured than what I had, mm-hmm. had been in the past. And so being able to take a class and talk about planning and organization and um, productivity from the realm of working these things in with what I had learned as a yeah. mom has been grateful. So question or, for great. you. Yeah. So you you are an individual, though, that will does you don't spend money lightly. In other words, you go in and look at things and you were willing to pay for her for her class. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were willing to spend the five, six hundred bucks to be part of the top program. Yes. I mean, that, that had to have some significant value for you to be able to do that. Yes. And recognizing that what I can learn from people and specifically from what Megan had learned. So it was an interesting thing because you bring up a really good point. I'm a mom of a lot of kids. I've been a mom for a long time. I feel pretty confident a lot of times about being a mom. But she had some expertise that I was like, you know what? She's viewing it from a little bit different perspective than I am. She's coming from the other side, so to speak. Yeah. She's learned things that I don't quite know yet. Yeah. And I'm willing to look at and think, okay, how can I do this different? So the first class that I've taken with her is called Mastering Your Morning. And Here's where I wanted to talk about how it ties in so well with streaking and how just a tiny few things have tweaked the way that I think about things and what it's been able to do. And one of the biggest things that that she taught was that the morning is about me doing what I need to do to fill my bucket, not about a huge to-do list, all and these that, things that I have to get done. that's a massive mind shift. I mean, that mindset is is different because I often think the same way and actually would love to look at it differently as well in the sense that the morning is about the task list. Here's all the things that I need to get done before I can start the day. Yes. When in actuality, what you're saying is and what she teaches is, no, the morning is the time that you are filling your bucket with what you need in order to go throughout the day. In Am I getting to, that right? Yes, in order to put on my mom hat or whatever of the other many hats that I'm wearing and put myself out there to serve other people and to be there and to do the things that I needed to do, that I need to start each morning with things that fill my bucket. And so as I was going through the exercises that she offers and thinking about, okay, what things fill my bucket, it occurred to me, I was like, that I realized that most of the things I had a streak around. And so for the first time in six years, and I don't know why, I think we all have these aha moments where where you do something, you're like, why did I not think to do that forever ago? <laughs> but I went through all of my streaks and and thought, okay, if in, in a perfect world, on a perfect day, when would I want to do these? And I had seven or eight streaks that I'm like, I would love to have all these done in the morning. Like these would be my morning streaks. These would be the way that I start my day. And as I looked at those, I was like, okay, these are the things that so give me give energy. So give us an example. So like what are some of your morning streaks? So my morning streaks are, um, they're they're really personal and 
and religious. So there you go. They're religious and personal. Um, I get up and I want to have time to have a morning prayer and to meditate on that time. I want to um, pray for charity so that as I approach the day, I'm seeing people in the way that God would see them with greater love and not, wow, you just cut me off. You're such a jerk. I want to um, I want to pray for the world. And when I started that one, I thought it was to pray that the world could change. But as I've been praying for that, I've often actually realized that there's a lot of things in this world that I'm so grateful for. And so it's become a little bit more of a prayer of gratitude for the way that the world already is. And what can I do to put more good into that? Mm. Not, wow going to hell in a handbasket and it's got to change but it was more it's but that's how i started yeah. honestly that yeah. prayer um another one is to i like to read scriptures in the morning before i start my day there's a come follow me app that i i do each morning before i um like to start by having a glass of water in the morning taking my vitamins in the morning and doing my exercise in the morning all right so so you've got spiritual and physical that you like to do in the morning. Mm-hmm. And you've had those streaks for quite some time. I, I mean, have, most of them, several years. Yeah. And so what this did is help you to see your streaks differently in the sense that these are my fill-the-bucket streaks. These are my for-me streaks, not yeah. my, oh, I should be doing these because this is the person I want to be. And I think that's and so significant. And it was significant. such a small tweak, but honestly, it was it, it was was it's been huge because now instead of oh, this is what I got to do to be the person I want to be. I want to be a better person. I've got to do these things. Like a whip. I'm getting, Yeah, I'm, a little bit whipping. of like a, and maybe a to-do or like this is, this is work. Right. Put your right. head down, plow in, do these things, make right. it happen. This is what you got to do to be the person you want to be. Instead, it was looking at it and being like, no, these are the things that I've realized fill my bucket. Like they're my time for me. They're my time to reflect. They're my time to give myself permission to lay in bed longer and read my scriptures for a little bit. I don't have to get out of bed right away. Well, I can just lay in bed and be like, I'm doing my streaks and taking my me time. So <laughs> leave me alone for a minute. Because because honestly, you would beat up on yourself. Because I'm a morning person. You're and okay. I'm up and out of bed. I mean, if it's four or five in the morning, I'm up, I'm going. That's what I enjoy doing. I mean, you and I have talked about it. My perfect morning is I get out of bed at 5 a.m. I hit the road. I run. I come back, I say my prayers, I get you ready are, for the I've day. I've never met anybody who has more energy and enthusiasm at the wee hours of the morning than you do. It's really annoying. It, it annoys people. I've gotten to, to appreciate I've had, I've it. Had, but... I've had to really pull back. When we're with friends or other families, or I just kind of have to be very quiet because my energy levels are out of sight in the morning. In the morning. And I am not, I'm a little bit more of like... Those engines that you have to get out and crank the prop, that that's me in the morning. It's like, just you're spin an old it mo- one more time. You're an old it'll Model start. T, huh? Yes. <laughs> Try it again. It'll, it'll get going. Crank it up. What I love about, though, that what you said, and there's so many people who, and actually so many people, when we present streaking and we talk about it in mixed company, I can almost guarantee that there will be a woman in the audience who will say, how do you not just make that another thing that you have to do? That all those things that you're talking about on the streak that you have to do them. And what you're saying is that you're changing the mindset such that these streaks I want to do. These fill my bucket. These These are the things I want to be consciously consistent on. And what I look at with, you now combine that with what Megan has been teaching and it becomes very powerful because you look at it and say, what are my 
me streaks that are going to fill the bucket so that then, especially, and I see this in you, you give so much to so many other people that it's important that you have that time to fill because then through the day, you're going to be giving out all of that goodness as you go through the day. And that's what I think that, that that's what I loved about what she taught is that that's what women and moms do is, is we go out and try to serve other people. It's something, it's a part of our nature in so many ways to want to be nurturing nurture. and helping. Yeah. Yes. And, and so recognizing that as women and moms, that's what we're spending our day doing. I've really, so it was to me a true testament that what we've talked about so often that you learn the what and the streaking is the how. Like I saw that so vividly. The what was what fills your bucket? What's going to help you feel personally prepared to take the day on and set a streak around that? So I, I, I mean, I don't know if you could, if it would be good or not to set a streak, but she talked a little bit about like, you know, do you need your coffee in the morning or your morning shake? Would it be okay to set a streak around something like that and to say, mm -hmm. this is something I want to, it helps me become who I want to be. Yeah. I'm putting my... Well, and I think looking at it in the realm of physical, mm -hmm. spiritual, mental, emotional, as you look in those realms, what is it that's going to fill my bucket necessary? And because honestly, a lot of my streaks I do right in the morning mm -hmm. and that's where they are. And the reason, now here's, now here's the thing that I look at. So people may say, Okay, if you have a routine, a morning routine, if you have a um, th this morning routine in place, then why would you need a streak? Mm -hmm. Why why would you have to do a streak? If you're going to do those things in the morning every time, why do you need a streak? Because not every morning goes that way. <laughs> because not every morning is. So I look at just the example of, okay, I'm going on a field trip. It's amazing to me how much effort I had to put in the night before of thinking through everything because that one little thing was happening earlier than what I normally yeah. would have to be doing. And that was something that I knew about and had time to prepare for. How often are there things that we don't know about, that we don't have time to prepare for, that come in and alter your day? And so my morning streaks, what happened is I realized that I want to do them in the morning because they fill me up, but they don't have to be done in the morning. If a day totally goes awry, I still want to have those be a part of my day, even at the smallest level. You still want to pray level. for the world. You still want to pray for charity. You still want to have prayers for. I still want to drink my you. water. You still I still want to take my vitamins. Yeah, you still, still want to read your scriptures. Yeah, all of those things. All of those Therefore, things. the streak is independent of the routine. Yes. And that's why the streak is so critical is because both those things work together. So the morning routine, when inevitably it will be upset. Exactly. You still want to have those things, like for example, on a vacation or when you are unexpected things, a child gets sick. Right. All those things unexpectedly happen. What's beautiful about the streak is it still keeps you moving toward who you want to be. And the laughably simpleness of it, you may have the base of that streak or you may do a little bit more. However, it's always a part of your life. Right. So I just, the, the power of these two things coming together really has been um, just a, a shift in the way that I'm thinking about things. And, yeah. and so even, even my exercising, instead of it being, wow, I'm, it's much harder today than it was yesterday because my legs feel different and I'm not, instead of constantly looking at, 
where I was and how am I doing now? And it's been able to, again, shift to, okay, I'm doing this because this helps fill my bucket. What about it helps fill my bucket? It's nice to be outside today. It's nice to see the fresh air. I'm just proud of myself. I got myself out the door today. Or do you know what I mean? All those wow. things, it changes that self-talk a little bit to to being able to look at it and say, I'm doing this because this really does help me. That's why I made it a streak is because I recognize that these are the things that are going to help me become the person I want to be to be better. And so it was really great. I I don't have, as of yet, I don't have any real part of my morning routine that I had to add. Um, I really already had it in place. I just hadn't realized, oh, I want to do these things consistently in the morning, and this is how I can do them. And, that and that And that I'm going to take a little bit of time before I before I present myself to everybody else and just focus a little bit on what I need to do to help myself be ready. And it's been really, really great. So a great big thank you out to Megan Sumrell. We thank you so much for what you do. And I know that we'll be talking with her again. We just, we have such great inter- interaction with her. We're excited. And that concludes our podcast for this yes, week. We're does. out of time. So the thing next week, though, we've got an exciting podcast, one that I've been waiting for for quite some time. We have Jim and Sarah Hewling, who, well, Jim Hewling and then Sarah, I don't know her married name, but it's his daughter. They're going to be on our podcast next week. Jim was one of the ones that helped us get on this whole streaking bandwagon. And we're going to hear from him. He has a podcast called Find Your Fire. And it's all about your purpose in life. We're going to talk to him about it. We're going to get in depth. And so join us next week. It's going to be fantastic. It'll be something that honestly, for for me and for Jamie, it was life changing. Mm -hmm. We hope to be able to provide the same type of experience through the podcast next week. If you have questions about what Jamie's going through with Megan Sumrell, please email her at... Jamie, J-A-M-I at streakingmastery.com. Or if you have other questions or comments or want to just interact with us, please do so um, through the Streaking app, which you download and you can go to the communities. And by the way, the communities are filling up with all kinds of good tips and tricks and streaks that you can look at. I've been watching it. It's just so dynamic the way that people are interfacing and interacting with one another through personal and professional development. As the largest streaking movement in the world begins, keeps, to, keeps growing, start to become part of it. Tell your friends about it because they can see how streaking can change their life. Again, just download it. And once you've downloaded it, you can go into the community area and follow Jamie. You just search for her, Jamie Downs. Or you could follow me, Jeffrey Downs. Uh, you can follow other streakers and see what their streaks are. If you have just general correspondence that you want with, with us, you can also email me at Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y, at streakingmastery.com. Until we talk again, and please, we invite you to listen next week. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. And let other people know that you're on it. And until that time, keep streaking. Keep streaking.